0: Welcome to Agency Nation Radio, where insurance professionals turn on the mic and share unscripted stories about leadership, technology, marketing, success, and failure. The stories that help make them the professionals they are today. Agency Nation Radio is presented by The Big Eye and Trusted Choice. I'm your host, Will Jones, Editor-in-Chief of Independent Agent Magazine. As both the insurance landscape and the world of work continue to evolve, the task of attracting, retaining and developing talent has never been more complicated. To help unpack these intricacies, I'm joined by Claudia St John, President of the Workplace Advisors, a HR, consulting and training firm, and Nolan Duda, Partner and Client Experience Manager at Ideal Traits, a recruiting platform built for independent agencies. Both companies are Big Eye partners that offer tools, resources, and services to help independent insurance agencies with one of their biggest challenges, hiring. We're also joined by Catherine Strait-Smith, President and CEO of Strait Insurance Group, a WeBank-certified insurance and risk management firm in Morristown, Tennessee. She's a Big Eye member and understands the challenges of hiring an independent agency. So, the economy grew faster than expected in 2023 adding 2.7 million jobs for the year and another 300,000 in January. Claudia, how is the economic outlook for 2024 expected to impact the labor market this year?
1: I've been spending a lot of time talking with businesses across the country over the last few years about whether a recession was going to hit and, and, and what that was going to do for business. And the one thing that actually kept us out of going into a recession was the tight labor market. And by tight labor market, na- nationally, we're at 3.7% unemployment. The statistic that most economists say determines full employment is 4.2%. So that means we've been operating at well below full employment for years. I mean, except for a small period of time during the, the COVID pandemic, we don't actually have enough workers for all of the positions that are available out there. And I cannot say this enough. When I talk to businesses and when I'm speaking in conferences, all different types of conferences, I ask them, you know, how many of you have had to to increase pay? And they all raise their hands. How many of you have unfilled positions? And they all raise their hands. And how many of you are going to lay off employees this year? No one raises their hands. And that's really what kept us from going into a recession last year. So there's a good side to that. The bad side to that is we are operating in a deficit and it's not like there's a cohort of employees that are sitting on their sofas eating bonbons. Everybody's working. Everybody who wants a job has a job and everybody that you wanna hire is working for somebody else. So I think that the economy is going to be doing what the economy is going to do, but the underlying data are that there are not enough workers coming up. We're losing 10 million baby boomers. 10 million baby boomers are turning 65 every day. So this is a crisis that's going to be with us for a long time and it's going to impact every single one of your agencies.
0: Okay, interesting. And then Nolan, from your experience at Ideal Traits, um, we know the insurance market is tough right now. Uh, Are agencies still hiring?
2: Yeah, I mean, Claudia just dropped some bombs right there that uh certainly listened to in terms of how it's been understaffed and how there isn't enough people to fill the positions that are out there. So, um if you're taking a look at the market, I mean, it's it's evident it, even in the hand raises again that Claudia mentioned that it's become very difficult. Um and the focus has become, you know, especially if we step aside from hiring and just consider the insurance market as a whole, that's also become abundantly difficult too as well. So a lot of agencies have been forced to transition into thinking more about retaining the current clientele that they have as a part of their book of business. So they are hiring, Um, you know, generally, I think it's fair to say that every insurance agency out there is always looking for good salespeople. So um, the sales positions are of course popular. But then also you see the popularity in account managers, service-based roles, and agencies have faced the difficult challenge of having to exercise some different muscles, whether it's you know opt-in to remote hiring and to begin to implement uh, processes as well as um, technology that can support remote employees, as well as um, training unlicensed talent and helping them obtain the knowledge, uh, within the insurance industry, as well as, um, obtain a license. So there are certainly agencies that are um, hiring because the demand is still there. Um, and they've been forced to adapt. And for those that maybe have struggled or are really struggling, maybe there's some opportunity to adapt some things that can make it a little bit easier. Um, but, uh, I. I don't mean to sound as if there's a perfect solution because there isn't, it's just difficult. Um, So you need to give yourself more time to make those adequate hires and you need to really constantly be hiring. But I'm sure that's something that we'll, we'll dig into. But yes, the answer to your question, I suppose, after my long monologue is yes. Excellent.
0: So everybody's hiring um, and everybody needs workers. Um, Catherine, from your perspective, uh, running an agency, what are some of the things that agency can do to position themselves to attract the best candidates?
3: Sure. So I I really like the progression of this conversation. Claudia started us off really at a nationwide nationwide level. Now Nolan's bringing it to the industry. And now I'm talking about what we're doing here in my agency specifically. So I heard somebody talk a couple of months ago, and he said something that really stuck with me. He said, flexibility is the new currency. And I think for a lot of new hires or as agencies or any business is trying to attract new employees, flexibility is a new form of currency. So some of the things that we've done over the last four or five years to make our agency more attractive to new hires is, number one, we've been focusing a lot on our culture. We did an employee survey to take the temperature of the water and see how we're doing as an agency in terms of serving our people. Because the best feedback that you can get, however harsh, is, is from your own employees. So we, we started with an employee survey, and then that really dictated a couple of things. One was we needed to make some improvements to our employee benefits and um, both from a health insurance perspective, but also just kind of work life. So we were on a the typical kind of vacation schedule. We, we transitioned to PTO. We now have flex days where, you know, we may all, we're all going to be closed on Christmas day, but Christmas Eve or the day after Christmas are flex days. So you can choose to take that day off if you want. And that's been really nice because MLK is uh, one of our flex holidays, and a lot of people don't want to take MLK Day off just because they already took Christmas. They'd rather save that for uh, Columbus Day or something where, you know, you, uh, enough time has passed where you'd like a day off. So um, we we did the, the flex holidays, and then we also implemented flex hours. Some of our people are not morning people. Some of our people are... Uh, Like to get up in the morning. So we have some flex hours established for our remote and in-person employees uh, or local employees that they can work an early shift or work the later shift. But we still have core office hours between um, nine and three where everybody has to be online. Another thing that we did was we really looked at our hiring process because um, once you kind of bring someone into the fold, you really have to evaluate if they're the right fit for the job. Because I think every business owner can say that we've all made some bad hires. And some of it was maybe just a lapse in judgment. Some of it was we thought that they could do the job or that they thought they could do the job and they weren't actually qualified. So we've really doubled down on our hiring process. And one of the things that's been the best part about it is we've implemented a case study portion of the hiring process where once we get far enough down the line, we actually give someone a homework assignment. For an entry-level position, it might look like uh, having them come into the conference room and let's just do kind of a mock customer call just to see how their phone skills are but for someone more experienced we actually give them a scenario where they have to draft a written response and that helps us understand how they think it helps us understand the product of their work and um that has that's been another really successful tactic
0: excellent and nolan you mentioned a few things about attracting workers just then is there anything else you would add to
2: what Catherine said there yeah i think that uh, you could take a lot from what Catherine said, obviously sitting in the agency seat, right? So uh, I mean, what they're doing at their office and adapting to the to the market that's available is, is perfect, right? Um, you know, I touched on remote a little bit earlier, but again, I understand that not every agency is equipped to be able to, to do that. Um, but in terms of uh, also to like advancement and career growth opportunities, you know, top performers oftentimes have, similarities in their ambition, as well as how they're personable with people, right? So those are common traits that you will see uh, amongst, you know, top performers. So those ambitions often feed, you know, more than you know being an insurance producer or a customer service rep and those positions are great right some people have been in those positions for a long time and they love it and that's awesome but then also too i think that there's a certain reality that needs to be there that if you find a top performing sales producer they work at your agency for one two three four years and they get to a point where they're like hey i want to be an agency owner right like and they they might leave if that option isn't available you know that's okay right and then starting the process of of looking for more people too as well but I think what Catherine mentioned about the the exercise or homework assignment that they have people do is fantastic. We do that here at Ideal Traits, too, as well. I have people do a role play phone call. Um, And it isn't to see for them to be an expert on all things Ideal Traits. Like, that's not what you're looking for. And it shouldn't be I'm looking for you to be an expert on insurance right out of the gate. And I'm sure Catherine will agree. It's more of like, hey, I want to see your overall preparedness and your potential. Right, for you to be able to, to track if this person will be a good fit, not only for the position but for your company culture too, as well. So, I think a lot of the things that Catherine highlighted is great, um, and yeah, that exercise or homework assignment, Catherine is is fantastic, and
0: yeah, perfect. And I mean, uh, no one's mentioned compensation yet. So, uh, Claudia, I'll come to you with this next question. Um, do you have any advice for setting compensation at the right levels?
1: Absolutely. And in fact, we have a compensation practice at the Workplace Advisors. And we've done more work in the last year than we've done in the last 15 years combined. And that's really because what we're facing with this labor shortage is that agency owners are finding they have to pay their employees, their, their potential employees more because employees have options. They know they have options. And so they're, they have a multitude of opportunities to grow their own and have their own um, uh, competitive offers that they're able to solicit. And so as, as in originally I said how everybody had raised their hand that they'd all given raises. I'm sure all of your agency owners listening to this have had to re- increase compensation to, to try to keep and attract talent. But what that does actually is it creates in order to be externally competitive, as agencies offer more money for the talent that you know Nolan and, and Catherine have talked about wanting, it creates an internal inequity, and your existing employees who have been there for a long time are all of a sudden, at the same time that minimum wage is going up, you see that these employees are that that have been there for a long time are are getting squeezed. And so, what I would say to agency owners, typically they do not have a formal compensation structure. They're just too small and they kind of wing it and then they give arbitrary merit increases over time, but they don't really have, a they don't right size it. And compensation is actually a strategy and it's part of, and and Catherine described looking at her benefits, you don't have to be at the 90th percentile of market rate in order to attract employees. In fact, what we have our, our clients do is say, I want to be at the 50th percentile, or maybe I can't even afford to be at the 50th percentile of of the industry for that position in my geography. Maybe I want to be at 40th percentile, but then you supplement it with other things that employees want. And we know what employees want. They want adequate compensation. As an agency owner, you will never, ever be the top payer. There will always be somebody out there, either in the industry or not in the industry, who can pay more. But we know that employees want opportunity, just like Nolan described. What is my path, especially for Gen Z? They want a commitment to their own well-being and wellness. They want opportunities to grow within their communities and within their cultures. They want flexibility, like, like Catherine had described. But most of all, what employees want, and I don't care how old they are, whether they're the newest ones coming into the market, these Gen Zs, or the last ones of the baby boomers walking out the door, they want their work to matter. And by matter, it has to have meaning. For anybody, and looking at your culture, looking at how you treat each other, looking at you know, do I care about the people that I'm serving? Do you know if 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 I'm an account rep, do I care about my customers when they face a catastrophe? When when they want to protect their assets and their loved ones, that creates meaning, and 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 the agencies. That focus on right sizing their compensation which they should do every year or two given inflation they should be evaluating it but go beyond that do do we celebrate meaning do we are we doing what we need to do to retain and celebrate the employees that 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 are there and i think retention is the name of the game we can talk about hiring all day long but what is the point of hiring if you can't retain the employees that you need
0: Excellent. Yes, I think a lot of our listeners will agree with you when they uh, talk about how important uh, insurance is to their communities and their clients. But um, just uh, to stay with compensation for a moment, Catherine, have you employed any strategies for for setting compensation uh, within your agency?
3: Yes, we have. First of all, we do look at benchmarks that are published by Marshberry and others. We make sure that we're always uh, in In a comfortable range with the best practices of agencies based on our size, um, based on compensation as a percentage of overall revenue. We look at that every year. And to to Claudia's point about, you know, bringing on new people and the the competition that anybody can make any more money anywhere else. I mean we've done some adjustments internally to make sure that our staff is being compensated fairly and keeping pace with inflation. Um, and then also just to show them how much we appreciate them. So yes, we use we use best practice agency benchmarks. Another thing that this is something that came out of the culture survey a few years ago was we had an internal working team work on an employee recognition program because part of it too is yes you know I want to know what my salary is but we put a really big emphasis on continuing education and we want to make sure that our people are motivated and compensated for receiving designations for you know even just getting their license or even some of the lower level designations so we we have an Employee recognition program that we rolled out, and that's been that's been really fun to just kind of see that blossom. In terms of on some of the prep you guys sent out, uh, one of the questions was, you know, how do we compete against some of the really larger the larger brokers? And we know that the big guys are going to just throw stupid money at people. Um, it's, I mean, it is, it's just stupid money. I mean, and I hope other people can laugh and maybe cry about this stupid money, um, to keep people, you know, if you're trying to recruit them away, my thing is, I think there's a, there's a, again, I always go back to culture. You have to be You have to be the right culture fit to want to work in a smaller agency. It's just a different environment than the big guys. They run things differently. If you're okay not having a direct line to leadership, if you're okay only being metrics driven, you know, because maybe compensation is the most important thing to you, then great. Have a wonderful career at those larger firms, and I wish you the best of luck. But we look for different people. We do fairly compensate and competitively compensate our people. But at the end of the day, they have to want to work in a small agency. And um, we recently perpetuated our agency. I'm uh, I'm now majority owner, and um, we've received our woman-owned business certification, which we're really pleased to have that. And that's a really a stake in the ground to our customers and to our community saying we're not selling out and we're going to stick around. And if you want to get on this bus with us, please join us.
0: That's fantastic, and you know I would definitely recommend our listeners to check out the uh, the best practices study. Uh, it's full of benchmarks and strategies for you know perpetuating your agency, setting compensation, um, loads of stuff in there. Um, that's available on the uh, Big Eye website. But um, yeah, obviously we mentioned retaining a little bit there, retaining staff, which, you know, as uh, Catherine mentioned, uh, retaining staff against the competition from larger companies. Nolan, um, is there anything else you would add to for for that, for strategies for retaining people?
2: Yeah, I have something quick to say. And, uh, Catherine, of course, congratulations on becoming a majority owner. And I did write, you guys can see it, people listening. I did write recognition. So I'm glad that you, you mentioned that because that was going to be the first thing that I mentioned, too. But I think that's something important to note. Um, because when we're considering retaining talent talking about culture, like it's hard to like really put into words, like what culture is, it's different across every agency, but I'm going to put Catherine on the spot a little bit here. Like when she's talking about culture and the opportunities that are available at her agency, if you go back and you rewind maybe two minutes when she first started talking about it, there's a distinct passion and enthusiasm that she has about the employees and the opportunity that I would be more than willing to bet is contagious to candidates, right? So um, it starts from the majority owner, right? Being Catherine, how she talks about the opportunity that's available, how she talks about the plans that are in place at the agency, of course, recognition. Um, I loved, how you said earlier, um, flexibility is the new currency Catherine, like there's been so many great things that are here and you know, you can have a lot of benefits, you can have good compensation, but people are attracted to contagious environments. And that is oftentimes something that is um, consistent across good company cultures is that the environment that's there is contagious. So, again, rewind, listen to Catherine talking about the opportunities that are available at her office. And just notice the difference and start to embody that and that enthusiasm and that passion that you have about your opportunities, about your agency. And every agency is different. So there are going to be different things that are available at each office. And you need to personalize that and talk about that specific opportunity that's available at your office and become obsessed with it and talk about it with such enthusiasm and such passion that people can really feel it. And then they become attracted to it and they want to be at your office for the long haul. They don't care about the big offices because they know they won't get the same feel that they get from their office that they get from yours. So um, that's what I would say. And again, Catherine's dropping bombs, Claudia's dropping bombs. So it's been great so far. But yeah, yeah. Great,
0: great advice. Listen to Catherine. Um, Catherine, anything else to add about uh, retaining uh, uh, staff, especially for you know those agencies that are sort of 10, 15 employees or, or, or less?
3: Sure. Um, Well, this is more so recruiting, but I think it goes to retention as well. I think the insurance industry as a whole has done a really bad job of recruiting people from outside the industry. It's, It's hard to take someone with professional experience, maybe who's Work somewhere else for 10 years, maybe in manufacturing or logistics or finance, wherever, and say, hey, you can come into our agency, but really uh, the only job that you can have and have like a livable salary with your level of experience is a producer. Um, so, and we've pigeonholed people into only those sales positions and for people who I think, I think there's a lot of people out there who want, who are interested in the insurance industry and who want to get into it, but we've made it hard for them to enter the industry by really saying producers, the only route that you can go unless you're just out of college and, you know, want to start at the ground level. And so I, um, had a recent experience with this and, um, I, recently was introduced to a guy named Mick Hunt, who runs, uh, he, he had an agency himself. He's probably been on this podcast, but he has like the premier agency development institute. And we've been doing some account manager training with him. And, um, and his advice to me was, you know, it's a bit of a leap of faith for you and for the person coming in or the person that you're thinking about to um to take a, a chance on each other. But that, you know, people will, especially if they're drawing on experience from other industries, that maybe you have a large book of business in in the industry that they're coming from and they know that part really well being able to take a chance on that person or people and you know um and get them trained in the insurance industry but trust that very quickly they're going to provide a lot of value. So I just think and, and we ended up bringing on a person in an, in a training account manager role. Um it wasn't This person wasn't really a a fit for a producer and we weren't looking for one. And so that's something quite new to us. And um, I'm but so far it's worked out really well. So for any agency owners who are just, you know, wanting to maybe scared to take people from outside the industry, make room for them, make room for them, because I think that they will provide value quickly.
0: Okay, excellent. Um, Yeah, and we've touched a little bit on perpetuation. Um, So recently, a report by the Bureau of Labor Statistics said that by 2028, 50% of the insurance workforce are projected to enter retirement. Uh, And then, Claudia, you mentioned earlier um, about the the millions of baby boomers retiring every day. I'll I'll, I'll come to you with this question. Um, How should employers prepare for this shift in the workforce?
1: I think the first thing is really to take it incredibly seriously. And and I'm always amazed when I give these statistics, this data, if it was, if you were losing a line of insurance that you were selling or there was something technologically happening or something happening within within your business that was this catastrophic and this disruptive, it would be all hands on deck. Like, what are we doing? And yet I don't see that same level of urgency among business owners around the country. So I think the first is just to realize, no joke, this is serious and it needs to be dealt with. We need a strategy for hiring and for retaining going forward. So put it at the top of your list in terms of threats that are out there. It's going to continue to be harder. I loved what Catherine was talking about in terms of pathways into the industry. At, um, on Big Eye Hires, we've developed, in cooperation with the Big Eye New York, some ideal behavior tra- behavioral traits for you know not just producers, but there's a difference between a commercial line and a personal line producer. Those are different types of jobs. Those are different types of activities so that you can look at the behaviors that follow the, the experience to be successful in those roles. And I think we just have to always be looking for opportunities to um, to be attracting people at all areas of their career, you know, young, young workers, but well-seasoned workers, too. And revisiting our flexibility. If it's not if it's not full time, maybe you have some people that are just looking at a piece of your overall book of business so that they own some very special accounts that they have a relationship with and that's okay. I mean, I th- I think in terms of how we do work and 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 who we serve, it's all up for grabs and it has to be up for grabs because the old model is just, you're going to keep hitting your head against the wall. And I know that when we look at Gen Z, for example, they they want to know, they want flexibility, but they also want to know that they and all of their friends who come in all different shapes and sizes and and colors of the rainbow and and self-identification, they want everybody to belong. And this is also a very, you know, this is more of a conservative industry. And I think there has to be a cultural recognition that the populations that are coming into the industry that they have a sense of belonging, that what you're offering, just like Catherine described, is a home with passion where you can stay And we, you know, a lot of agencies also, they say, I've only got 10 employees. It's not like there's a big career ladder. Like, you know, that ladder leads right into my office. How do we create opportunity with that? Well, you know, there's opportunity for, you know, celebrating each certification or licensing or or being a representative of the agency within the community, whatever it is, mapping out different pathways and also saying to those who say, you know... I'm pretty good here. I don't necessarily want to manage others. Making that okay, because if COVID taught us anything, people want family life balance. So I, I think it's what I would say to your to your question, Will, is that there is no one right answer, but we got to be working at it all day long. And we need to look at it both sides of the coin, the hiring and the retention. They go hand in hand. And if you fix your culture, both of those will will be more successful.
0: Excellent. Um, yeah, and I mean, Gen Z is definitely you know going to become one of the largest uh, cohorts in the workplace. Um, Nolan, any any ideas for attracting the the next generation of, of workers in the insurance industry?
2: Yeah, I think that uh, we've covered a lot of great things that you can start implementing. You know, in terms of the benefits, the flexibility, you know, compensation, all you know, all these different things can all played into it. Um and then in terms of it, like there's, I think, again, to go back to the quote that Claudia had earlier, it's millions of people are turning 65, not every month, every day, she said, right? So I mean at that point, I was at a workforce development summit two weeks ago in Florida. And I'm going to steal this quote from Emmanuel Hernandez, who's the dean of the business school at St. Pete College. He asked the audience, he said, how long have you known that you were going to have this shortage? So if you're in your agency now and you have, you know, an aging, you know, employee base, let's say at your office, once they retire, that knowledge, that experience, that comfortability that they have with your book of business and your clientele, that's leaving with them, you know, that doesn't stay. So my biggest recommendation is start preparing today, you know, whether you're listening to this podcast on February 28th or you know, maybe it's April 1st, I don't know, right? But whatever the day is, start preparing now because that shortage is coming. Um, And to Claudia's point, taking it very seriously, I think what she means by that is start preparing today. So um, being ready to, you know, have job ads out there, have opportunities out there, look for candidates that not only On the job boards or on social media but in your local communities these types of things always be on the search for good people bring them on help them learn the industry help them get licensed and have them learn from those employees that you've had at your office for you know x amount of years so they can obtain that knowledge obtain that experience and obtain that comfortability with your um, book of business so that put together with you know everything that we've talked about in terms of retaining and offering development benefits compensation all tied into one. is what uh, I would add on
0: that's fantastic Um, yeah and there's loads of great points uh, in this podcast I I would say if you know if you're a Big Eye member and need help with uh, hiring I definitely recommend going to bigeyehires.com February is insurance careers month so as Nolan says uh, today is the day to start your uh, you know uh, strategies for hiring and perpetuation Um, but we're almost out of time but I wanted to ask each of you one last question which is you know what one piece of HR advice would you give to someone hiring in 2024. Uh, Catherine, uh, what would you say?
3: Culture eat strategy for breakfast.
2: That's perfect. Um, and Nolan Yeah, I would say be patient. Uh, when you rush your hiring process that's when mistakes take place. Um, so rush or don't rush your process, be patient, wait for the perfect candidate. Wonderful. And uh, last but not least, Claudia.
1: If I had $1 of your money to spend, it would be on training your supervisors and managers because people don't quit their jobs. They quit the people they're working for. And that's where we all have our weakest links.
0: Well, that's great advice. So thank you, everybody. Uh, And uh, thanks for joining us today. And thank you for tuning in to this edition of Agency Nation Radio, powered by the Big Eye and Trusted Choice. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe button and give us a five-star review. And if you have a story for Agency Nation
3: Radio, contact us at hello at agencynation.com.